0: Here we go on a Sunday morning in Las Vegas. Just after 8 o'clock, I'm Brian Feldman, and this is Out of Line. We're here at the same time every week on Fox Sports Radio, 98.9 FM at 1340 AM, flagship of the Vegas Golden Knights. We are live Right now at Kickers Gaming and Sports Bar just down the road from Cashman Center. The address is 931 North Las Vegas Boulevard. Kickers will be our home for a while. and has been due to COVID-19 protocol. All live shows have been booted from the Fox Sports Residential Bancorp Studio. And all we have been told is that it is until further notice. So if you're up in mobile... Down and join us. We'll hook you up with some free donuts and orange juice. And Kickers is offering most and Bloody Mary specials during the show. Joining me on the show, uh, our social media director, Spencer the Wills Ostrovsky. Nobody
1: beats the Wiz. Nobody beats the Wiz.
0: He is the only intern in the country. Matter of fact the world with his own theme music although Spencer no longer a whiz uh, I should say no longer a whiz, he'll always be the whiz but he's no longer an intern as he uh, also has his own sports talk show now delivering sports Friday nights at 7 on KSHB which is 1400 a.m. on your radio dial also part of the show in social distancing back in the Fox Sports Residential Bank Corp Studio producer and future WWE star Dino Damon, a.k.a. Damon Cotton the show is also streaming on the LV Sports Network, and you can watch the show on Facebook Live. The page is called Autoline. That's O-U-T-T-A-L-I-N-E. You can also follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Out Fox LV. One more time, that's at Out Fox LV. Give us a like. Give us a listen. We enjoy it. We appreciate you. And since we are live, your calls and questions are welcome. Fox Sports Residential Bank Corp. Studio line is 702 876 1340. Hi,
2: this is Bubby and it's time for what's on tap.
0: Now what's is brought to you by title sponsor residential bank corp, whether purchasing a new home or refinancing the home you currently own residential bank corp is the company you turn to for all your home financing needs, residential bank corp funding America one neighborhood at a time. On tap the Vegas golden Knights snapped a season high Three game home losing streak. Something happened yesterday at Augusta National that has never happened before. Stick around. You'll find out what that is. And eight news now Ron Futrell. He'll will be joining us in just a few minutes to share over a quarter century of Las Vegas sports memories. Ron is a lot of fun to talk to, man. Stick around. Um, you get to see him on 8 News Live. You get to see a lot of the stuff he does on the on their website. But hearing him live in person and talking for a while is going to be pretty cool. I got a chance to uh, sit with him at a Vegas Golden Knights viewing party a couple of weeks ago and love the guy, man. He is a lot of fun to talk to and just an absolute plethora of sports knowledge. So stick around or come on down to Kickers Gaming and Sports Bar right now. We'll be here for the next hour. The address again is 931 North Las Vegas Boulevard, just down the road from Cashman Center and the Neon Graveyard. That's what's on tap if you are looking to buy a home or to refinance a home you currently own. Choose the company you can trust, Residential Bank Corp., Funding America, one neighborhood at a time.
2: No, no. Thank you. Hockey players, as you know, are warriors. They don't give up. They come to play every game. It's time for Nightcap, a cup full of the Vegas Golden Knights. From highlights to interviews to special events, the puck starts here.
0: Buck does start here, and we are going to jump in tonight, Captain, One second, I did want to mention real quick. So, just quickly about Kickers Gaming at Sports Bar, which has been our home now for, for the last few months. Um, it's one of the very few standalone sports bars in downtown Las Vegas. The place is awesome. If you're on watching us on a uh, YouTube, on a uh, Facebook Live, man, you can see behind me the um, the great. Uh, I don't I, we, don't call it collage, kind of collage art It's just tremendous. It's down here, it's awesome. And uh, listen, they've got 17 TV showing all the big games. Uh, they've got the NHL, NHL package, the Sunday ticket. And the cool thing about this place, the game sound is on when you're here, so you can listen, you can see it. Today's a great day to come on down. They'll have the masters on all day long on some of their big screens. They've also got uh, 15 uh, gaming machines available. They got the social distancing plastic up, and they're at about 50 percent capacity which sooner or later we will move up to 100 percent capacity one of the really cool things about this place also is they were a full service tavern license which means they have ability to sell the beer to you to take home the same beer they sell at the bar not a lot of places have that kickers does appreciate jennifer metzger and of course dylan reese for letting us uh do the show here for the last several months it is, during the NFL season, a Packers bar. So during Packers games, they've got swag, jerseys they're giving away, all kinds of stuff. And Vegas Golden Knights game probably not a better place to view the Vegas Golden Knights than right here because not only is the game sound on, but $2 shots during the entire game and every time the Knights score you get a free shot last night. You would have gotten seven free shots. The most goals, the Vegas golden Knights have scored all season. And Hey, for all the frontline workers out there, it is 50% off your bar tab 24, seven, seven days a week. Uh, they pay it forward here. So definitely come on down and check it out. As we mentioned, Spencer getting into a night Um, all I can say is, wow, the Vegas golden Knights finally, uh, you know really broke out last night seven big goals of course patcheretti scored an empty netter at the end of the game but still really cool what they did as far as coming alive getting things done and um this team this team was 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 just going to get it done and that's just the way it is they weren't going to they weren't going to be denied last night and they were not
1: yeah and uh, patcheretti obviously did have to score that just to make his stat it's an empty net goal. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, How about the rookie? I, I think he's a rookie. Colsar is his name? Oh, yeah. uh, I don't know. but uh, I'm sorry, yeah. Yeah, okay. I was making sure, but no. He played a great yeah, game. Number, number yeah, and he was behind the net. He had that nice steal, at, like, goal, and he's playing hard the entire time. We've kind of wanted that from our rookies for a long time now, but it's hard because everyone thought this would be a young team that would develop over to- like over five years before they had a chance to make the playoffs. We had Cody Glass, who Plays a little too erratic, I guess, is probably the best way to put it. We want a little bit more out of him, but maybe that's not what the Golden Knights need, right? We're already one of the fastest teams in the league, and we can score a lot of goals, but it's those gritty guys that I think we've been searching for this entire time. Someone in the playoffs, well, it's hard to say whether a rookie will play in the playoffs, but, you know, th- there's more important things than just what happens this season To because these guys aren't going to be around forever. Some of them are getting up in age, and you always have to have a farming system. Yeah, he's... <laughs> so yeah <laughs>
0: Ron I don't want to
1: keep him on
0: hold in <laughs> up early in the morning to join us and he's always he, he's typing out the nights he knows the Vegas Golden Knights real well and Ron joining us uh, right now on the show first of all welcome to the show my friend
2: morning Brian glad to be here congrats on the new little critter board okay Oh man, Brian, thank you so much Grand grandchild for the first time um, and that's uh, that's exciting oh it gets fun now Brian
0: you hear him <laughs> okay I'm not I'm, I'm
2: can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me?
0: Oh, no, I got you, brother. I, I, I just had I okay. a little delay. Yes, I hear you now. But, yeah, I appreciate it so much. It, uh, You know, I, I always say time passes and things change. I can't believe I'm finally a grandfather. Um, it is the coolest experience uh, in the world. Um, having my children was incredible, and uh, getting to experience this, and I was there. I was my daughter's one plus because you only can bring one person in these days to the hospital. And uh, I was the guy, and uh, all I can say is, wow, it's incredible. Little, uh, little Babe Ruth, as I call her his name's sincere but uh, i call him babe ruth because i told her i didn't like the name Sincere. But it was pretty cool <laughs> but before we before we jump in real quick Ron, i just want to ask you how you're doing i know you just had some surgery yesterday you all right
2: yeah doing well yeah i got in a, a car accident not long ago and uh, so i had to get the knee fixed and um mm-hmm. had, to, had to get it yeah, just touch it up a little bit tune it up so that's what we're doing that's now good deal tonight the Golden Knights might need you on the ice soon, so it's good that they, they need could. You I know, mean, I, my forty-six-inch vertical leap is probably going just to go down to forty-five now. So my NBA <laughs> career going to slow down. Uh, but, but, but okay, I, guess, uh, I bet you I could still jump to forty-five. We'll give it a shot. <laughs> I,
0: well, I want I want to come out and witness that because I don't know if I could jump to ten. <laughs> so uh, that, that's pretty good. But but I got to tell you, you know, we were watching the Golden Knights a couple weeks ago. We saw them play. Um, This this, we've been watching it for years. It's been one of the most incredible things I've ever experienced. I will never, ever forget um, 2017. You know, you have that just horrific incident, one of the worst incidences in Vegas history, if not the worst, the shooting that took place at the country concert from Mandalay Bay, and then the Golden Knights kind of help unite this community in a way I've never seen and make a run at the Stanley Cup in their very first year of existence a bunch of misfits that considered not one of the top 10 players on their teams and they do something that's just miraculous no other sports franchise in history in any sports has done what they did and that is make it all the way to the championship series and they have continued that I mean the second year they get screwed in game seven against the Sharks Uh, some bad officiating at the end of the game I don't like making excuses but that That was god-awful. And then last year, again, they make it to the conference finals, and now they've got a team that once again, I think, has the ability to compete for the Stanley Cup. But, Ron, it's it's been a little bit inconsistent. Uh, their, Their special teams have not been as good as they have been in years past. But last night, they really broke it open. They score more goals than they have all season. Riley Smith gets a couple goals. And now we're seeing one of our bruisers, our big guy, William Carrier. Man, all of a sudden, he's become a goal scorer. (laughs)
2: <laughs> that would that would be nice if that fourth line can contribute like it did the first year. That was part of the magic is what they were able to do the first year. But yeah, Carrier is is indeed a bruiser. Here's you mentioned Keegan Colasar. I, I talked with Keegan. I did a one on one interview with him, a Zoom call, uh, probably two weeks ago, and I've I've featured it a couple of uh, Thursday nights on my segment on Channel Eight, my striking gold segment. Fun guy to talk to, and I've talked to Keegan quite a few times live because he just sort of stood out to me as a player that was fun to watch, that enjoyed himself on the ice, and tough physical goal scorer. Anyway, his his I don't know if you're aware of this, but back in September last year when they were in the bubble, his father, Charles Patterson, who was actually his stepfather, lived in South Carolina, former baseball player in the Pirates organization, got COVID and ended up dying. He had to leave the bubble to be with his family and to be with his father. And fortunately was able to get down to South Carolina to be with him before he passed. And he was also able to see him play, play a couple of games in the NHL. His father did so that, that that part was nice that he was able to do that, but still he's this kid's been through a lot of tragedy and tough times lately. And now he's excelling and getting better every game out on the ice. His, his birth father is uh, he used to play for the Raiders. Um, KD Williams um, was his name. And he's uh, so, so interesting, interesting sports background with Keegan Colasar in both football and baseball. And uh, he, he, fortunately for us, he chose hockey. Uh, so we got him here playing with the Vegas Golden Knights. I think he's going to be a great Knights player for a long time. And he is a rookie on this team and now has two goals and I think seven or eight assists so far this season. But what the Knights need to do, in my opinion, well, not just my opinion, is they can beat up on those California teams and the Arizona team, okay? They they can beat the teams in the Southwest, but they have a hard time when it comes to Colorado, um, obviously Minnesota, and the teams that are good in this division. So the Knights have have to figure out a way to beat the Habs and not just always beat up on the have nots because their record is pretty strong thanks to those victories against Sharks, against Kings, against the Ducks, And that's where they go next week. They go down to Southern California to take on the Kings and the Ducks. So they got to do more than just pile up those wins. They got to they got to show Minnesota and Colorado that they can do something big. And I think St. Louis is probably still going to be there in the end when it comes down to it, too. I think they're a good quality team that two years ago won the Cup. Um, They got some goaltending issues to work out, but Bennington (laughs) Bennington stopped fifty shots the other night, so. if St. Louis gets their goalkeeping worked out, there's four teams that could win this division right now. And, yeah, um, well, yeah, and I'm not sure Arizona can, but there's four teams that could.
0: Oh, there's no doubt about it. And uh, like you said, the, the going to California and getting an opportunity to play the teams that they've had a great deal of success with, they really need that right now. They're four points behind Colorado for first place. They've got the Ducks just three points behind them. So this is an opportunity against teams to get back and potentially get that number one seed. But you're absolutely right. Uh, first of all, back to Star real quick. I did not know that. I'm surprised I did not about his stepfather uh, passing away from COVID. What a unique story. And of course, Ron Futrella, plethora of knowledge and I really appreciate that is is his biological father playing for the Raiders, a pretty cool story as well. And the goal that he scored in last night's game, if you didn't see it, go back and watch the highlights, literally came out from behind the net, took the puck away from the um, from the Coyote player, and just put it in the net. It was an absolutely beautiful hockey play, very strong play, and if this kid plays like that the rest of the way through, what a great addition, and what, what great help he'll be for the team. But as you said, Colorado really seems to have the Golden Knights number. You know, the speed of that team is really good. They've got tremendous goaltending with Grubauer, and they're going to be a formidable foe for anyone they play in the postseason. And the Knights have to figure out before the end of the season, and they'll get a couple chances against them again before the postseason comes to to really try to get some confidence against that team. The same with Minnesota. It's always a tight game. And the Wild are a, a team you would think they would handle on paper, but they don't. And that hurts them as well. And, and like you said, the Blues have the experience, one year removed from the Stanley Cup finals and winning their first ever Stanley Cup, a storied franchise that took forever to finally get their first cup, but they did a couple of years ago. And of course, ex uh, Vegas Golden Knight, David Perron, kind of schooled to see him go from the Knights in the Stanley Cup Finals losing to the Capitals to the Blues a year later and getting the chance to win the cup. Um David Perron, maybe not the friendliest guy in the world, but a hell of a hockey player, and it was good to see that. Right now the the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, one more game at home. They'll play today against uh, the Coyotes again. Try to follow up that nice win from Friday night, and then they do head to the road for a bunch of games in California against the uh, the Kings and the, and the Ducks and uh, and the Sharks. And they're going to need to pick up a lot of victories there. Um, Ryan, and the key to any the, the key to hockey and playing it uh, for since I was a young kid and watching it my entire life, being from Detroit, dubbed Hockey Town, is the one thing that makes that makes or breaks any team in the postseason is the last line of defense, which is the netminder, man. Because you got to put the biscuit in the basket to win the games. And we have seen several times, that we saw a few years back, which really um, kind of accentuated and brought hockey to the West Coast, was that win by the Los Angeles Kings when they came from the A-seed making the playoffs the last day of the regular season. And then they go all the way and win the Stanley Cup. And that was surely on the back of Jonathan Quick, who, when they, when they use that term, that overused term, standing on his head. He did it for four series in the Stanley Cup Finals, and it shows you that one player, a goaltender, gets Hot, that they can go a long way and teams have done that throughout history in the Stanley Cup and this year there's a goaltenders out of several teams that can make that happen but the Golden Knights have two of them you know Marc-Andre Fleury the ageless wonder becoming Tom Brady of the National Hockey League and then you know last year to go out and get Robin Leonard as you know you can't call him a backup I mean they brought him in figuring he would beat out Mark andre Fleury we'd see Leonard playing maybe four games and Fleury playing one man it's almost become an even split rotation and I get Pete DeBoer all the credit in the world. I think this guy, he is a a really good coach, and I think all the people that were upset when Gerard Gallant got let go in the middle of last season are starting to realize Pete DeBoer is the quiet assassin. This guy figures it out. He understands the ins and outs, nexus and o's of the game. He will mix up the lines in the middle of the game if he thinks he needs to get something done. And when it comes to goaltending, he's going to play his hot hand in the playoffs. I wouldn't expect these guys to go every other game in the playoffs, although... Robin Leonard, some great saves last night. Let in Ochipi, but what do you think is going to happen with the net binders come postseason? With as good as Mark Andre Fleury has been, but yet you're talking about, about a guy in his late 30s, and you know that the game elevates in the postseason in every sport, and hockey no exception to that.
2: Well, Brian, a lot to unpack there, and thank you for mentioning. <laughs> thank you for mentioning my LA Kings and winning a couple of cups there. Okay, it's not like we got Detroit in it to win it like Isman or the Russian invasion, okay, like Detroit was able to have to win cups like crazy. So it, it was a big deal in 2012 and 2014 when I grew up in L.A. and for the Kings to win the Stanley Cup, and you're exactly right. It was Jonathan Quick that did the job for those teams back then, and that's why he's got uh, number retired and all that sort of stuff uh, is, is going to happen when he, when he finally does leave the Kings. But, okay, as for what happens here with goalkeeping – the rotation is working right now. So I, I don't see that changing unless somebody gets hurt like Leonard did. And, and Mark Andre Flurry stepped up tremendously when he was out for, you know, a month. But uh, so, so I, I see the rotation it's working continue with that. Unless somebody gets incredibly hot or somebody gets hurt. Um, what's going to be interesting. I think today to see is now this is going to be flurries and I don't want to, well, I'm not going to say, I'm, okay. Um, Mark Andre Fleury is not listening to the show right now, I don't think. He may be, but if not, turn it now, Mark. Turn it. You don't want to listen to what I'm going to say. But today he's going, once again, for the fourth time, for win number 484, to be able to tie Ed Belfour number four all-time on the goalie list. He's going to get it today against Arizona. Okay, I just really want him so badly to be able to get it, accomplish this, make this happen, and I think it's going to today. It certainly should against um, Arizona at home. It'd be nice to see it happen at home. It'd be nice to see it happen with a bunch of fans instead of just, what, 3,900 that they're going to let in the arena today. But uh, we're, we're seeing a Hall of Famer. We are seeing uh, one of the best hockey players of all time play here in yep. Las Vegas. What a tremendous, bl- I'll say blessing, I have no problem with saying that, but an opportunity if you'd like, uh, and realize how special this is also realize this, Brian, you'll appreciate this because Detroit's having its rough time, Kings are having their rough time. You can go from winning the Stanley Cup one year and making the playoffs and doing great and you could go to the bottom in a hurry in the NHL because there's such a fine line between the best and the worst. More than there is in football, more than there is in basketball, it's probably closer to baseball. Baseball there's a fine line between the best and the worst team. So, you could be at the top and you can fall in a in a hurry. And that's that's what happened has happened. To your Detroit Red Wings, my LA Kings, now. So Vegas Golden Knights fans appreciate what's happened here. How absolutely incredible this is! That we're now four seasons into this franchise, and they're going to make the playoffs four years in a row. That is absolutely incredible. And one dollar no, really is a final. I can.
0: Yeah, you know, Ron, I, I can't emphasize enough how, 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 and I talk about it all the time on the show, you know, where you say to appreciate it, the fans are so spoiled here, and I really respect how many fans have taken to hockey and really made themselves knowledgeable and understand the game and understand when I say, you know, the Knights need to play better in the neutral zone. I'm amazed that people get what that is, and and when you talk about special teams, you know, you're talking about the team, the power play and shorthanded, and people are really embracing this, but what I don't think they realize is what you just said that this is an anomaly if there's I mean I think in Webster ought to change it when they talk about anomaly put the Vegas Golden Knights picture next to the term because it is amazing what we are seeing here this team do run after run plug and play new players come in you still have the heart and soul this team I mean the what William Carlson did in year one coming coming from the Columbus Blue Jackets where he was basically in obscurity you know I think 11 goals to 41 goals in the season was absolutely one of the most incredible things I've ever seen. I didn't expect him to continue like that, but it was really cool to see that ability and that line of March or so Smith and, and, uh, and, um, Carlson, that first season was magical. And again, last year the Knights just keep going out and finding players. And it all started with the great maestro George McPhee, who is just was an unbelievable, uh, like I said, a maestro, uh, an orchestrator, putting this team together initially, finding these tenth-plus players, these guys that played with the chip on their shoulder in year one that rode them all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals. Loved it without question. And but again, I, I just try to emphasize to the fans what we're seeing is special. It is unique. They're not going to keep doing this forever. It is an absolute impossibility um, for that to happen. And, uh, you know, but right now it's still happening. It's still going on. They are going to have to start playing better against the upper echelon teams if they are going to make a run. And, you know, real quickly, Rob, before we change subjects, last week I had Mike McKenna on and I asked him, you know, who does he feel needs to step up, you know, somebody that maybe has not been doing the job that we need him to do, and he mentioned Nicholas Waugh, how he was such a good contributor last year in the postseason everything, and he's just kind of faded this year, not been the player that we, that, that I when I say we of course, here I am being a homer, but that the Golden, the Vegas Golden Knights needed you know, to, to move forward. Who do you think is a player that we need to see play a little better, and especially as we enter the postseason, if this team is going to make a run, obviously we Besides the goaltenders who are doing a fine job,
2: yeah, I'm going Alex Petrangelo. Uh, that, that on defense, I, I want to see more production. Now defensively, he's doing the job, but I want to see more protection from him offensively. He got brought him here from St. Louis as a free agent to be able to to contribute and score some goals. Shea Theodore is doing it. Braden McNabb is a beast, and there's a former LA King for you right there. I love, I love watching Braden McNabb and Alec Martinez because I, I follow them, cover them, and and love their play with the Kings over the years. But I'm going to go there, Alex Petrangelo, He needs to. He was a captain in St. Louis, and he was. He was. This guy's a big money guy. Um, I'll see him perform better during the playoffs. Oh, you mentioned, uh, and you did mention um, from Col- who got him from Columbus, uh, William Carlson back in the expansion draft. You know, we also got Keegan Colasar from Columbus back at that same time. It was a trade. Uh, he was drafted initially by Columbus. Um, he just turned, by the way, just turned 24 um, years old a couple of days ago. So happy birthday to Keegan Colasar, April 8th was his birthday, uh, Thursday. But he, he was uh, in a, tr- a trade deal after we got all those draft picks during the expansion draft in 2017 created a second round pick to get Keegan Colasar from Columbus. So it was nice to see that uh, George McPhee saw something in him from Columbus at that time, along with William Carlson, two gems that they got from the Blue Jackets that are now contributing in a great way to the Vegas Golden Knights.
0: Yeah, you know, and, and I, you know, you stole my thunder because my, my guy is the same thing. I was going to say Petrangelo as well. He is playing solid defense, but what Petrangelo has brought it for and paid all that money is he is one of the best two way defensemen in the National Hockey League. And this year, he has tailed off on the offensive end. Need to see him play better um, offensively. And, and you're right, we, we will need some scoring out of this guy. He needs to step it up. And again, I'm, I'm going to leave the subject alone, but I just can't sing the praises enough about what Mark Stone has meant to this team and you know for this team to go the first couple of years without awarding a C to a player was kind of unique to see a team without a captain what a better first captain than, than Mark Stone. He is absolutely just really the leader of this Vegas Golden Knights team, a two-way player, a guy that will mix it up, and, man, as good as just about anybody as putting the puck in the net in the National Hockey League. And I love the guy and love watching him play. I'm excited, and I do agree with you. I think Marc-Andre Fleury finally ties Eddie Belfort tonight, gets that win that he that he so desperately wants to be fourth all time. And who knows how much longer this guy will play, but I don't know. I think he's eating the same Wheaties that Tom Brady's eaten. So mm-hmm. I said Marc-Andre Fleury, this would be his last year. I, I stand corrected. I think the guy's got maybe two more years left in him. But you never know with father time uh, that he can knock on your door at any, at any point in time and end the things. Let's move forward. And real quickly, we gonna get you over to fact this. And you'll like this one, too, because I'm sure you're paying attention
2: here. Fact this. If you don't like the facts, take your ass back to bed. Fact this.
0: A fact that Japanese-born player has ever led any round at the Masters. This changed yesterday when Hideki Matsuyama shot a 765 and is in the lead by four strokes going into today's final round. And four strokes is a big number to make up. But I'm sure the greenskeeper is going to have those tees in, un- excuse me, the, the flags in unfriendly positions. We all know it's called Amen Corner for a reason. There is no better tournament. The Masters is the Super Bowl of golf. And if you ask any professional on the PGA Tour, if you got one major you can win, I would be hard pressed to believe that any one of those guys, I don't care you, if, you, if you're from overseas and you've got the, the, the long running major in the British Open. You know, the U.S. Open here, all prestigious, but there is nothing like the green jacket. Every pro wants to wear one. And Hideki Matsuyama is in position, four strokes over some pretty good golfers, to win the Masters today. Ron, you you be keeping up with it?
2: Oh, yeah. No, it's been fun. It's fun to watch, enjoyable to watch. And and what he can do here today will be remarkable. I expect him to because it's that four-stroke lead that's, that's tough to be able to, uh, for anybody to overcome that, but you got guys, Justin Rose, um, who's there, Jordan Spieth. He's got a green jacket. Uh, and, uh, Matsuyama hasn't won. What's, I'm trying to think it's probably been four, five, five years, maybe three, four years since he's won on the tour. He's won a handful of times. So he's won tour. Um, he's won events, of course, never won a major, but this, this would be enjoyable. I think a lot of people rooting for him today. Um, Xander Shafley, he's you know he's the one that's four strokes back has the best shot, but they, he's got he got you know four guys chasing him right there. That all if he slips, <laughs> if he slips, he's got Justin Rose, Xander Shafley, Mark Lishman. Uh, I don't know a whole lot about Will uh, as Um but all of them. Zala, at Zala, um Zala
0: Zala, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's a he's a you know first time ever competing in the Masters and he was talking about that his whole life well, everyone says that you know playing in his backyard playing on his home course just imagining this moment and he's he's had it in his mind so long that he really says that you know this is what he's planned on doing, so he hasn't he hasn't faded. He's seven under par, which is unbelievable, and, in, and tied for second with the the guys you just mentioned. Justin Rose shoots that sixty five on Thursday, but he's been even par of the last two days. Hit a big par shot at eighteen, big putt, I should say, to stay seven under and in that contention. But you're right, a four stroke lead is going to be tough. the the best The best Hideki's ever done is in two thousand seventeen. He tied for second in the U.S. Open. His best finish in the Masters, fifth in two thousand 15 tied for fourth, the PGA in 2016, and in the in the Open Championship, his best finish, tied for sixth in 2013. This would be unbelievable if this guy wins the Masters. It's funny because I'm listening to Andy North on ESPN the other day say if he wins this thing, it's going to make him a billionaire for the endorsements he will get in Japan, and that he will basically become the ambassador. It is a really cool story. And yesterday, you know what's crazy? Um, I don't know if you know this um, – you know, Ron, but he hit only five fairways yesterday, which is really amazing when you think he shot a seven under hitting five fairways. But the bottom line is his putting was exceptional, but it was the iron play. The iron play was unbelievable. Everything was spot on. He just had his distance dialed in. And at the masters, if you've got your distance dialed in, you can handle the swirling wind that really catches you at amen corner. And you can avoid Ray's Creek on three holes. He's gonna win the Masters.
2: No, it's gonna be fun to watch and a lot of people rooting for him today and see what happens. I, I don't have a favorite in there that I would that I'm gonna be like say rooting for. As a lefty, I love I loved over the years to see Mike Weir, to see um, yeah. Phil Mickelson, also but uh, most recently Bubba Watson. There was a there was a run there where left-handed golfers won at the Masters um, four out of seven years. So I, I was starting to think that Augusta was a left-handed golf course and that when I play it, I'll actually play well there. Um, that, that's in my dreams, by the way, uh, Brian, that would be only in my dreams that I could play there and play well there. <laughs> but, but Tony Finau would be somebody, I know his story quite a bit up in Utah and what he's done with um, great family, great family of golfers up there, what they can do. So Whoever comes away with this one, I'm fine with it. It's going to be fun to see and fun to watch. I'll be checking it out on Channel 8 today on CBS to see uh, what happens. But I don't really have anybody that in that group that I'm rooting for. I mean, come on, Rory McIlroy. I love the Northern Ireland golfer. Uh, um, I used to live in Ireland, so, that's, so I have some roots there. Love to see whenever that can happen. One of these days, Ricky Fowler has to do something in a major. Brian, don't you think? I mean, one of these days, I'd love to see Ricky Fowler do something. And well, you know,
0: but- I I just said I, I just said, Ron, I was talking about. I don't know if you know this, Ricky Fowler did not get an invitation to the Masters this year. There's yeah, no, I know. That, a bunch but... of ways to qualify, and he did. He's watching from home, and yeah. I agree with you. I was I was I was I was, I was uh, liking him to Samson. I said, Delilah cut his damn hair, and he needs to grow it back. <laughs> because he was playing really well and always compete when he had that long flowing hair. Women followed and screaming. and somehow he cuts his hair and all of a sudden he looks like the great Gatsby. It's like, dude, Grow your hair back. Maybe that'll do something. But he has lost part of his game. And really, you know, Ron, the one thing with golfing is, you know, you drive for show and putt for dough. And it is the blade that makes the difference. Matt like 180th in the world or something in putting. And this week, he's like number two. And you always see that in the tournaments when the best putter is in contention on Sunday. And Ricky Fowler's blade has gone away from him. And if he doesn't get it back, you know, he's, he's 32 now, which is amazing to I think he's already in his thirties, but this is something that messes with your head and you got to get a coach and figure it out how to make the putter work. That's what made Jordan Spieth so special in his run where he had those two years, Man, he was just banging everything. 12 foot and in was almost a gimme for him, and that's what's going to have to happen today. Um, I really like, you know, I like Justin Rose. I really like the fact he's hanging there. Leishman, like you said, it would be nice to see him do something. Shoffley, I think, is an up-and-comer. This kid is going to win his share of golf tournaments and will win his share of majors. And by the way, uh, you mentioned decky Matsuyama. He's got five PGA Tour wins, but this would be by far the most monumental thing. I really think looking down here, Ron, I think if you're looking at a leader with 11 under, how deep can you go with the guy to win? I think there's seven players that have a chance, and I'm only saying Jordan Spieth is the seventh player having a chance. He's five under, but we all know how good this kid could be. If his head is right, he doesn't get upset, Jordan Spieth could make a run, but I don't see anyone deeper than that making a run. Finau's too low. Three under is not gonna you're not gonna come yeah, back that's not eight gonna strokes from the masters. And even even Harman, who's played really well, four under. Speed is probably out of the picture at 500, but again, just because of how good we know he can be, if the putter is on and he starts hitting a few long putts, you know, maybe gets an eagle or two, he could be alive in the tournament. But I really think that it's the top five guys right now, so, and 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 Matsuyama. The, the key is can he stay out of his own way? Can he handle the pressure of Sunday at Augusta? And the one good thing is he doesn't have to play with Tiger Woods because that that's the <laughs> that's that, that's an X factor. The gallery, and you don't. Have have the galleries again because of COVID-19 that you once had, which does take a little bit of pressure off of these golfers. But I really believe today is Matsuyama's day. I think it's a day for Japan. It's a day for history. And it's going to be a really cool thing to watch this guy navigate Augusta on a Sunday and see if he can stay out front and not let these guys from behind, not let the field catch up to him. I'm looking forward
2: to it. Okay, I'm going to say something very selfish here. Here's what I hope happens, though. I hope he collapses early. (laughs) <laughs> How's that? And here's my here's my thinking. No, and here's my thought is I want to see I want to see a great I want to see five guys battling it down the stretch. Okay, if he wins, I don't care I don't care who wins. I have no, like I said, I have nobody in this fight that I'm rooting for in in any sense for any reason. But I'd like to see a great final round of the Masters. The only way that happens is if he stumbles early. Okay, so I um, hate hate to say this, uh, Hideki, but yeah. I hope you let the let the field back in and let's have a good finish to the Masters today. And then if you win I, it I, great. <laughs>
0: No, I would like to see him win it. exactly I wouldn't mind seeing him win it in a playoff against a guy like Will Zalatoris in his first ever Masters. How cool would that be? The first ever Japanese-born player to lead a round and then win it in a playoff against a guy who's playing in his first ever Masters. Nothing like that has happened. And what a good year! What a good Masters it would be, especially with all the crap we've gone through this last year. Ron, I want to switch gears again and talk a little bit about local sports. I was going to talk about the NCAA tournament and Baylor. Taylor's magical win with a former UNLV player, Jonathan Tichua, getting, you know, averaging about 20 minutes a game through the NCAA tournament, showing that UNLV does actually recruit some decent players. They just get better when they leave and get proper coaching. But that's my segue into UNLV basketball. Both of us in the last two weeks have had the opportunity to talk. With Kevin Kruger, I, li- I watched your interview. By the way, my friend, I thought it was great. You advised me when we saw the uh, when we watched the uh, viewing party together, um, you know, to check out the interview, and I really enjoyed it. It was really cool. I saw Andy Grossman sitting off to your left. A little bit of pressure with him. He asked the wrong question, <laughs> and his his eyebrows start start going sideways. But it was a great interview. I got a chance to interview him um, a couple weeks ago on the show, and I've got to tell you, after your interview and then my interview with the guy, Ron, I think it was a great hire. And I hope it wasn't a bailout hire for Desert Reed why, Again, I always sound like I'm hating at her, and I'm not. I just, I, I just think she's a lousy athletic director, and I, I've said it, and I'm not going to pull any punches. The show's called Out of Line for a reason, and you know. But aside from that, I really enjoy this kid. I think you know, with his father there, the ability to recruit is going to step up, and I think we're three years away from seeing UNLV compete for Mountain West title legitimately, and I think this kid is going to do the job. He definitely has the genes, um, not necessarily the pedigree, the coaching pedigree yet, but he's young, he's enthusiastic, he played his final year here in Las Vegas after he graduated, and he took this team as a, as a starting point guard to the Sweet 16, the last time they've had any success. What are your thoughts? Do you think Kevin Kruger is a good fit?
2: Yeah, for the yes, for the first time in years, there's optimism in this program, and that I, I like seeing. This program has had a horrific run of bad luck, okay. And I'm gonna go. I can I can go back thirty years because I can. I can go back forty years because I can. I've been here almost that long, but um, you know, after after Dark Max and all that stuff happened here at UNLV, and you don't want to get me going on that because then we have to. that's a four-hour show, um, but, but they've got. Uh, Look at the look at the bad luck over the last five, six years that this program has had. Chris Beard was go- Mick Cronin was uh, committed to taking the job and then backed out the last minute. Chris Beard was going to book the job for 12 days and then went off to Texas Tech. Um, then you had this, this, this situation here with uh, it, it didn't work out with Marvin Menzies. It didn't work out with T.J. Outselberger. Now, where the good luck happened was T.J. T. wasn't taking this program anywhere. Um, nice guy like him, but boy, tremendous, good luck that Iowa state wanted him. Okay. I'm still not sure why, but there's a, there's a connection there with athletic director, his wife and their friends and the family. Okay, good, good. I'm saying here now you and be finally need some good luck here that that job opens up. He takes that job so they don't have to fire TJ. (laughs) Oh, wait a minute. They got to buy him out three and a half million dollars. So they get $3.5 million from Iowa State so TJ can leave. And then all of a sudden things fall in line. And I think there was some manipulation of this, which I'm fine with, by the way. I'm, I'm fine with if Lon Kruger, if part of the deal was Lon Kruger, hey, tell you what, you hire Kevin, I leave Oklahoma, I come back to Vegas, I help out in any way that I can. If they plan that out in advance, bless them for doing that. Because that's now the good luck, and if they did it afterwards and it became it was okay organic, that's okay. It doesn't matter either way. But I think it's it's sort of an interesting part of the story. And yes, the timing great for Kevin to come here. I'm optimistic. Finally, for the first time in a long time, probably since Dave Rice took the job, that I have some optimism about where this program is going. Recruiting interesting, and I'm going to compare this. I'm going to go with Tark compare Tark and Kruger. And they both had a great mutual respect for each other. And I talked to both of them about each other back when, when Tark was alive and Kruger was coaching in 06, 07, around that time. But anyway, if you look at both of those guys, they never recruited the great blue chip athletes. They recruited good athletes and made them better and to play better as a team when they got here. Uh, it's, it's crazy as it sounds. Tark never got the great recruits, nor did Lon Kruger for that matter. Bano got the great recruits. Dave Rice got the great recruits. Kevin Kruger, I'm optimistic that if he gets this, this combination of getting some real good recruits here, and and has his dad here to help him at whatever level his dad helps him, if it's a an assistant, an unpaid assistant, and, and whatever to help him out in whatever way he can, he certainly will. Um, and and I think I, I I'm just optimistic that Kevin Kruger can make something good happen. And I wasn't that optimistic when they hired TJ. Wasn't that optimistic with Marvin Menzies looking back over the years? Uh, hated the Roly Massimino hire. That was an April, April Fool's joke in 1992. That was the most horrific <laughs> April Fool's joke in the city's history. Um, so I, I, I go down the list of Charlie Spoonhour was a nice guy. He was a rebuilder and that sort of stuff. So I can go down the list of all the coaches. This is what I'm happy about. This one I'm optimistic. You say three years. They can compete for the Mountain West Conference sooner than that. Here's here's why: because the conference, you know, the conference is not that tough. Um, mm-hmm. You can you get one or two players, and you you start playing well. You can do some some things quickly in this conference. But I'm I'm hopeful. I'm optimistic that something good can happen. It'll be fun. It'll be fun to cover Rebel basketball and feel good about it. And it's been a while since since that's happened for a lot of people in this community.
0: Oh, I would agree with you 100%. I'm optimistic and excited too and the reason I say three years is you know, of course TJ, you know he's going to steal anything he can from here so he's taking Caleb Grill, in my opinion good riddance. Caleb Grill, perimeter shooter, couldn't play defense and he's a streak shooter and his, his streak seemed to come once every three or four games. The one guy that they are going to lose is, in my opinion one of the best players in the conference who really, his motor got turned off last year. He completely lost the desire to play at this school. We saw it in Bryce Hamilton, but every now and again, when Bryce Hamilton decided to sh- to show his flair, there was NBA skills there. And I hear it's probably going to be t- between Kentucky. Anybody even go play for Chris Beard at Texas Tech? Um, and when I and when I knew he was leaving, when I talked to Kevin Kruger, and I said, you know, obviously your first priority is to talk to the guys once TJ leaves. And I asked him, you know, did you talk to Bryce Hamilton? And he said, yeah, of course we talked to Bryce and then He goes and he basically said, you know, I don't want players here that don't want to be here. And that gave me my answer right there. That Bryce is long gone before he even makes a commitment. It's just where will Bryce Hamilton end up? But that's why I say three years. You got to get the players in. But if they can go out and get a couple of talented freshmen, he does get a couple of the pieces that, that you know to stay at to stay at UNLV that can help him. You never know. But I do like the long-term lookout, and again, I am excited to, co- to cover the team, and I'm really excited to see what he looks like on the bench as a head coach. That's going to be a really interesting thing. Is he going to be fiery? Is he going to be kind of more laid back? Lon was both, but Lon Kruger, the one thing about him, and you said it yourself, one of the nicest guys that you're going to see at the collegiate level coaching, always accommodating, you know, always looking out for the school, on and off the basketball floor, he was a part of the community, and he proves his love for the community by buying a $3 million house, I think up in Anthem, and uh, pretty cool to see him here. I'm happy about that, and I'm happy about Kevin Kruger. I like the hire, and I mentioned Desiree, Desiree Francois, I want to ask you about this. One thing that really, really, bothered me uh ron and the only guy i heard it other than me call him out on the radio was our mutual friend brian shapiro when she said um number one when she said she took her name out of the hat at ucla and when everyone knew her name wasn't even in the hat she wasn't even on the brim so to say that it was just like you know just just to basically mention hey they were looking at me which which really pissed me off because that was making an idiot out of all of us and then recently then no one's called her out on this, but I have, and I've, I've done it last week. And I want to ask your opinion when she tried to say that that the TJ Otzelberger going to Iowa State shows the the direction that this university is going in that that's just a, you know that's and, and, and trying to say that he, that he's such a good coach that look he's being taken by a Division one uh, you know Power Five conference school when uh, as you mentioned earlier the only reason T J Otzelberger is there number one they have been horrific the last years the worst basketball that team has played in years under their former their former head coach his wife the highest recruited or the highest drafted player in WNBA history out of Iowa State, and he was there. He coached under Fred Hybrid. He was there for eight years as an assistant. It's tenure. I gotta believe the boosters and the alumni behind the scene are not real thrilled with that hire, but that's why the guy went there. It had absolutely nothing to do with what he did at UNLV, other than the guys were decent academically.
2: He was he was five hundred in a crappy conference, okay.
0: And that was no, scheduling St. Benedictine Mesa. I mean, for God's sakes.
2: Well, the little sisters of the poor have a good uh, power forward uh, that's <laughs> six foot three, power forward, one, 120. Um, you know, you never know. Um, <laughs> maybe a little light for the power forward position. Okay. Now, it, Desiree doesn't want to be here. Uh, you can tell that early on with her, and I've said that. And, and so this city. Let me say, let me, how can I say this delicately? Uh, this is probably the phoniest city in the planet. And I'm talking about the strip. I'm talking about, we just make stuff up. Okay, we got a fake Paris. We got a fake New York, New York. We got fake castles down there. Okay, that's what Vegas does. That's what the strip is and what downtown is. But but that being said, probably the phoniest city structurally in the in the planet. But we don't like phonies in the city. Okay, and we can spot them. We can spot people that are coming here for a just want to use the city for a quick uh, fix or whatever and be able to get out. Okay, well, that's we do that sometimes, too. But I don't like that happening with the university. I don't like that happening with the school here. I didn't like it when I saw Rolly Massimino come here and do that. I didn't like it when I've seen other athletic directors that have come here and done that. But she, you could spot early on, uh, she has no, no interest in dealing with the media on any level, barely. She also, okay, and here's, I'm going to tell a little bit of a story, and this is with Brad Rothermel, who was the athletic director when Tark won this championship, and they won thirty over a ten-year period. They won thirty Big West championships in a variety of sports. Baseball was going to the World Series every year. Women's basketball was top ten. Barry Barto in the soccer program was a top ten program. Swimming and across the board, every UNLV sports program was a contender on a national level back when Tark was here. That's important to know that. Okay, and Brad Rothermel was the athletic director. He told me one time, he "said Ron, watch athletic directors or administrators at the university and see how they react in good times and bad times. And a great athletic director, when there's a bad time and a rough time, say there's been a scandal of some sort or players gotten in trouble, which happened often. When Tark was here, he said the athletic director will be there front and center to cover for the coaches and the athletes, and the office will be open and you can come talk to the athletic director to help cover for them. Yeah. Then." Watch them when they win. Watch the athletic director or the administrator, school president, watch them when they win and see how they react. And if they want to stay in the back and they put the players and the coaches up front to get all the glory for victory. Case in point, Brad Rothermel, when UNLV won the national championship, I watched him and observed him. The team and all the players are up there getting pictures taken, and Brad's standing behind the photographers. Behind the photographers, not getting any pictures. Park sees this, realizes that, grabs Brad and said, "Brad, you." He had to force him. He had to force Brad Rathmell to get in some of those national championship photos that he was in Uh, while he was the athletic director. He was happy when the Rebels won the championship in 1990. Sit back, stay in the background. Carol Harder, when she was university president, and Jason Thomas, back when they won and they went to the Las Vegas Bowl and they won the Las Vegas Bowl here and and beat Reno, I think, to go to the game. And there's a few famous photos of her jumping up on the stage with Jason Thomas and and John Robinson, the university president, Carol Harder, up there holding the trophy over her head like she was a, like she played middle linebacker, like she was part of the team. And, And she's up there, all the glory to her, and sometimes standing in front of players on the stage to be able to get her face and her mug out there so that people could see her. Since, since Brad taught me that and showed that to me, I've observed athletic records. And also, you can apply this to anything in life, for that matter. But sports, it's more dramatic because it, the stakes are higher and things. But uh, I, I think getting this down to Desiree Reed-Francois, I think she's the Carol Harder type. I think she's the type that if UNLV had any bit of success, she would put herself up there front and center. But when crap flies, her office door is locked and closed and you can't find her. To to get to answer a question about what happened here, what happened there, she's um, she's a PR queen, and uh, that you know uh, we don't have much use. I don't, quite frankly, have much use for that. A bad PR queen, I'll put it there, in the sense that she is only wants to be there when something is perceived as good happening. But crap flies, she's hiding, she's running, she's nowhere to be found. I have no use for that type of administrator. They should be the exact opposite of that, and that's what Brad Rothermel was when he was at UNLV.
0: You know, very well said, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna rub any more salt in the wound of desiree read Francois. She's been a nice person when I've talked to her. Won't come on my show, I guess, because um I speak my mind and say what I want to say. Last thing, we we're just about a time. I'm gonna give you 60 seconds, uh, Ron. You've been in this town a long time—a quarter century of reporting sports in Las Vegas. As long as anyone wants to see everything, you got 60 seconds. What is your favorite memory in Las Vegas of covering sports?
2: Oh wow, a couple of things, real quick. I mean, being in Denver when the Rebels won the national championship in McNichols Arena, and and sitting there and hearing the crowd chant. Okay, and this is significant when you look at what Gonzaga was not able to do. No mid-major has won. A national championship in football or basketball since UNLV did it in 1990. They also scored more than 100 points in the championship game. That's never happened before. They also greatest margin of victory, 30 points. Never happened before. I remember being two minutes left in the game, and the Rebels were up by 28 or 27 or something like that. And I remember the crowd chanting, Big West, Big West, Big West, the fans, the student section. And I thought, wow, this is sort this sort of matters here. That the Big West is taking down the ACC, the most powerful conference in basketball at the time, and a a little old conference out west here is doing that. What a remarkable um, moment it was! I mean, I could put that up there. Covering Hagler Hearns at Caesars, the first year after I got, I got here in '84, '85 was Hagler Hearns at Caesars Palace. Hey, we're out of time. Okay,
0: I I hate. I hate to cut you off, my friend. I appreciate you so much. We're definitely going to have you on the show. Rod Futrell, again, Sports anchor reporter for 8 News Now. Check him out. He is great and a plethora of knowledge. I'm Brian Feldman. I want to thank Spencer Ostrovsky, Deman Cotton back in the studio, and, of course, Jennifer Metzger and Dylan Reese for letting us be here at Kickers Gaming and Sports Bar. Come on down. This place is awesome. A great place to watch the Masters. The best place to watch Vegas Golden Knights game. We're out. We'll be back next week. Bye-bye.
2: Don't hit snooze, it's Sunday. And every Sunday morning starts with a Line on Fox Sports Radio.